What's up, know-it-alls? You got stuff you don't need to know. I'm Jay. Let's get down to it. So you guys have been listening to me for, I'd say, well over three years now, and you know I talk about a wide variety of topics. But one topic that I don't really get to discuss very much, and it is something that I enjoy, is music. Now, a while back, um, when I did listener request month, a friend of mine sent in a request to talk about some of my favorite vocalists. I then broke it up into my favorite male and female vocalists, and it got me thinking a bit. Why not do kind of like a top a top 10, a top 5, whatever list on some of my favorite musicians kind of going instrument by instrument and really discussing, you know, the ones that I like and why I kind of rank them the way I do. And that's what we're going to be doing today. So today I'm going to be taking a look at my top six drummers of all time. Why only six? Because seven, eight, nine. So... I'm going to start with drummers because I kind of feel, you know, I'm going to start in the back and work my way up front. I don't know if drummers really get a lot of respect. I mean, I think some of them do, some of them don't. Uh, I mean, there is kind of like that old joke is, you know, what's the name of the guy that follows the band around? The drummer. But the drummer is really the one that kind of establishes the tempo and the beat for the group, for the song. And, you know, really just like about every other instrument out there, you know, they're very, very vital. So now... Before I go into it, I'm just going to talk a little bit about my background. So, when I was about seven years old, uh, I wanted to play the guitar. Um, I could say I was inspired by, you know, different music groups of the day, but the reality of it was, is I think I saw a picture of Elvis Presley with a guitar, and my actual quote was, I'd love to play guitar just like Elvis, and for a while there, I did. I really wasn't very, very good at it. And I guess maybe for me, starting at seven was probably a little young. Um, I got, I don't want to say I got bored quickly. I got frustrated very, very quickly. So I dropped it for a while. Then in high school, you know, with MTV in full swing and you're just seeing music left, right and center, I decided to pick it back up again. Um, I took some lessons. Uh, I learned from friends. I kind of learned on my own through books and stuff. I mean, we didn't have the internet back then. I didn't have YouTube. So I did a lot of it on my own. And I kind of played through high school, a little bit through college. And then, you know, once I started working, but once I started working, you know, those things kind of caught up with me. I mean, I had no intention of becoming a professional musician at all. I wasn't in a band or anything at that time. So once again, I put it away. Very recently, I decided to pick it back up along with bass guitar. So right now, I'm kind of get back into playing my guitar. I am starting to learn how to play bass. Again, I'm kind of doing it on my own with different apps and things that I find on the internet. So when it comes to drumming, technically, I've never played a drum in my life, uh, unless you want to count rock band or Beatles rock band. Um, I've never played the drums, so the technical aspect of it, I really don't know very well. So when I was compiling this list, these are a list of drummers that I enjoy for one reason or another. Either I like them as a personality or, you know, hearing their drumming. I like the bands. I like some of the songs. And when it came to actually looking at their technical ability, I did a lot of online research, uh, a lot of like um, musical coaches, drum instructors, kind of reviewing them, uh, reading some reviews and descriptions about them. And that's how I kind of came up with my list. Something else about my list is, like I said, I'm doing a top six just because I was originally going to do a top five, but there were a lot of different drummers out there that I enjoyed. And when I was making my lists for bass players and guitarists, I kind of ran to the same thing. 
So these are six drummers that I really, really like for one reason or another. So it's not necessarily in an order from, you know, least to greatest or what have you. I kind of sort of put them in a little bit of category. So it's really just six drummers that I really, really like. Of course, there's a lot more drummers out there. I mean, this is a very, very subjective thing. You know, you go online and you look up, you know, hey, who's the best drummer of all time? Or, you know, who are the top 10 drummers of all time? I mean, some names will consistently pop up on lists. But again, it's very, very subjective. Even when you're talking about the best drummers in the world, there are some people that will go with a certain drummer or another, and you'll kind of see them flip-flopping at one or two on people's lists. So yeah, it's pretty subjective. It's pretty open to interpretation. At the end of the day, you know, you might agree or disagree with some of my picks. Hopefully, if there's some drummers on my list that you've never heard of or some bands that you've never heard of, you check them out and see if they're good. And of course, I'm sure you guys can throw... 10, 15, 20 names at me, and they are, of course, excellent drummers, but these are six drummers that really kind of struck a chord with me, so to speak, and that's what I'm going to be talking about today, so let's dive right into it. So coming in at number six, and again, not necessarily because he's, you know, only the sixth best drummer on this list, the reason uh, I'm kind of starting off talking about this drummer, and when I do other lists, I'm going to kind of start off in this category is, this is the innovator. This is the drummer that just about every other drummer on this list and probably a lot of rock drummers or punk drummers or, you know, really just drummers in general out there will kind of point to as being one of, if not, you know, the inspiration for them to pick up a set of sticks and start playing the drums. Of course, I'm talking about Ringo Starr from The Beatles. Now, right away, I'm sure a lot of people are going to say, well, Ringo wasn't really the greatest drummer out there. I don't know who the comedian is, but somebody once made a joke, you know, is Ringo Starr the greatest drummer in the world? He's not even the greatest drummer on the Beatles. But the thing is, is he held a lot of respect, you know, amongst his peers, especially the Beatles. Shortly before he was killed, John Lennon did an interview with Playboy magazine. It was a very, very extensive interview. He talked about a lot of things. And when Ringo Starr came up, he said, look, yeah, you know, Ringo might not have been the best guy on drums, but, you know, he had such a feel. He had a feel for music. He knew what to do and what not to do with his drums. You know, like if if John and Paul started to write a song, George joins in. You know, it's like Ringo just knew what to do, what to add, what not to add. Add. Um, he definitely had a very unusual drumming style. At birth, he was left-handed, but, you know, back then, left-handed people were kind of seen as deviants, so he was kind of forced into a right-handed world, but eventually he stuck with being a lefty. Now, this is something that I never knew that, you know, I just assumed drums are drums, you know, unlike guitars, which have left and right-handed variants. There's apparently left and right-handed drumming kits, and Ringo was a left-handed player playing high right-handed drumming kit. Again, he was probably not the best technical drummer out there, but, you know, a lot of people that um, work with him, especially with the Beatles, said, you know, that he just had such a very, very unique style. You know, if you ever watch Ringo's, not the Beatles, but if you watch Ringo's um, 
induction into the Hall of Fame, um, you know, before he's actually inducted, they do a little video uh, vignette uh, on him. And in it, I think it's either Dave Grohl or Trey Cool that say, you know, that Ringo kind of had a style all on his own, you know, the way he would strike his snare or his cymbal. You know, he kind of had a flash or a panache to it that gave it a different sound. And, you know, I think it was Trey Cool that said that, um, you know, he says like, yeah, a lot of times you go into kind of cut, you know, a drumming track and the producer will say, you know, give me a Ringo. And they know exactly what they mean. It's, you know, a certain way of striking the drum, certain way of striking the cymbal. He was also kind of one of the first ones to really get into augmenting the sound of his drums. Um, You know, he would use different things to kind of muffle his drums, his bass drums, his snares just to give it unique and distinct sounds. You know, he really liked to play around with it. Again, we could point to the fact to say that he was probably not the best technical drummer out there, but he was probably the most innovative drummer. He knew his limitations, and he knew ways to work around it, and he just wanted to add to the overall song. And again, you know, just kind of going back to John Lennon in that interview, he said that Ringo was just a great guy to have around. He was a really, really good drummer. You know, he knew what to do, and, you know, he just added so much so much to the songs and so much to the Beatles with his drumming, with his personality, with his singing, with his acting, whatever it was, Ringo was the man. And that's why I'm bringing him in here and giving him the label as the innovator, the guy that inspired a lot of drummers yet to come on this list. So the next guy in here is, you know, a drummer that is probably one of the first drummers that I really, really took notice of outside of a Ringo star. I mean, growing up, the Beatles were probably one of the first bands that I heard. I knew all four of them. So Ringo was kind of the first drummer that I really, really knew. Well, you know, this guy didn't break on the scene until, uh, you know, the early 90s. But, you know, really before before then, yeah, I kind of knew who some of the drummers were, but, you know, I just kind of like bands overall. So my number five drummer is the heavy hitter himself, the nicest guy in rock and roll, Dave Grohl. So, of course, we all know Dave Grohl was the drummer for Nirvana. He was the founder, initial drummer, and pretty much now frontman of Foo Fighters. And, I mean, to say that this guy's a heavy hitter, to say that this guy's an animal is a total, total understatement. If you go on YouTube and you look for Dave Grohl's first concert with Nirvana, um, it's really, really grainy footage, but you will see this guy going nuts on his drum kit, just pounding the bejesus out of it. Um, they said that... Pretty much in their early days, in Nirvana's early days when they were touring around locally, you know, roadies actually had to go out on stage and sit in front of his bass drum because he would play it so hard he, he actually threatened to knock his entire drum kit off of uh, the riser where he was. So Rhodes actually had to sit there and brace the drums for him as he played. You know, and the reason, or I should say the way that he developed this style is, is, you know, he said that growing up, his parents weren't able to afford to get him a drum set, let alone a drum or anything like that. But he more than anything wanted to be a drummer. So he pretty much took a pair of marching band drumsticks, which are very, very heavy, and he would just play the drums on his pillows. He would just line pillows up on his bed. He would listen to Rush Records. 
that's going to come back later. And he would just pound the bejesus out of it. I mean, without kind of getting that rebound off of a drum head, you know, I mean, it's just getting muffled by the pillow. All he ever learned how to do was just hit a set of drums hard. Take that further is that once he actually got behind a drum kit, he would actually take his drumsticks and use them the wrong way. He would use the heavy side, you know, the, the side that you grip. He would actually use that to strike his drums and strike his cymbals. He would also set his cymbals up higher so that when he would swing through to crash his cymbals, he was able to generate a lot more power. I mean, this guy is most definitely a ferocious drummer, and I think that's what a lot of people know him for. I mean, when, like I said, when he formed Foo Fighters, he was initially the drummer. Once he kind of moved up, you know, and uh, took over really the front man, and duties, the replacement drummer that came in kind of said that, you know, look, I'm a pretty athletic guy. I'm a pretty heavy hitter on the drums, but when I'm, you know, doing the drum parts that Dave wrote, you know, back before I got here, he's like, you really got to be in shape. You have got to be an animal just to kind of duplicate what Dave did behind, uh, you know, behind the drums there. Another really kind of unique feature of Dave Grohl is the fact that he really compliments the guitarist. Um, you know, if you think about his start with Nirvana, you know, it was a three piece, you know, it was him, Chris Novacek, and uh, of course, Kurt Cobain on you know lead guitar and vocals and the thing is is if you listen to a lot of nirvana songs you will see that dave's drumming either complements or almost directly mimics whatever kurt cobain does on guitar so that's a pretty unique thing about him and also the fact too what a lot of people say and if you do listen to some nirvana and some early foo fighters you'll see that yes dave plays the hell out of his drums he beats them really you know he beats them without mercy but he also knows when to kind of tone it down and put those kind of quiet little, you know, soft drumming in there. You know, it's something that he really, really knows how to do. Almost kind of like how I said Ringo really was kind of the king of feel. He knew exactly what to do, how hard, how fast, how low, how loud to play. Dave plays loud, but he also knows when subtlety is needed. And that's definitely like a trait of his that you'll see. I would most definitely say, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, just listen to Smells Like Teen Spirit. It's a great song, and, you know, I think it really does highlight um, Dave Grohl. But I think if you listen to Breed off of the Nevermind album, I mean, he pretty much kicks that song off with just a flurry on the drums. And if you want to know what Dave Grohl is all about, just listen to Breed from Nirvana, and you'll get what Dave is all about. Alrighty, so number four on the list. Now, this drummer was probably the best drummer in one of the most famous bands in the world, and he wasn't the original drummer. Okay, so I'm talking about Kiss. Now, before I get into who I thought was the best Kiss drummer out there, let's just talk about Kiss for a moment. Love him or hate him, you can't deny that they absolutely had an impact on music, you know, with the pageantry, the stage show, the face makeup, the merchandising, the constantly changing lineups, the infighting, this and that. I mean, Kiss has been an influence in music. Like, again, love him or hate him. And I'm going to be honest, I am not really a big fan of theirs, but you can't really deny the impact that they had on music in general. Like I said, they've had lineup changes all throughout, so... Coming in at number four is a guy who I thought was the best Kiss drummer, Eric Carr.
So fans of Kiss or people that know Kiss will know that their original drummer was Peter Chris. Um, unfortunately, Peter Chris gotten some vices that he really, really couldn't handle very well. And he was actually one of the first ones to leave the band. Ace Freely, you know, left shortly thereafter. Eric Carr was his replacement. Now, like I said, through the years, they've had different drummers. I think the big three main drummers that we could really look at for Kiss are, like I said, Peter Chris, Eric Carr, and Eric Singer. And out of the three, Eric Carr, I feel by far is leaps and bounds better than anybody. Really, whoever they had after that, to me, are kind of just fill-in drummers. I don't even know their names, and I'll be quite honest, I don't really, really care. Eric Carr, to me, is the best Kiss drummer there was period. I think that, you know, when you listen to Eric and you compare him to Peter Chris and to Eric Singer, the reason I like uh, Eric Carr so much is I think he was a better technical drummer than Peter Chris was. Now, granted, in the beginning, Peter Chris was probably a good technical drummer, but he was involved in a motor vehicle accident, I believe. Then he got involved with drugs and alcohol. So that, of course, is greatly going to affect the way that he plays. When Eric Carr, at a very, very young age, unfortunately passed away from a rare form of cancer and was replaced with Eric Singer, when I hear Eric Singer's drumming, yeah, he's a great technical drummer, but... I, I just don't feel the same passion, you know, and, and love and feel in his drumming that I felt with Eric Carr. Eric Carr, pretty much like Dave Grohl, was a hard-hitting drummer. He was a very, very fast-paced drummer. He was a very, very skilled drummer. And, you know, he just had, you know, and one of the jokes about him is he was a pretty short guy. They, you know, they kind of joke that he was a short guy from Brooklyn that came in. But, you know, he just knew how to play the drums again. Hard hitter, heavy hitter, fast drummer. But I think the most important thing is, is look, you're coming into probably one of the most famous bands in rock and roll, you know, especially at that time in the early 80s when, you know, they were almost kind of at the height of their popularity. Yeah, they were starting to dwindle a little bit. But I mean, this is one of the most famous or recognizable bands in the world. You're asking to come in. Not only did Eric come in, he really developed his own personality. He added his drumming to the music. It actually enhanced their music. And I think that's also a reason why I think Eric Carr is the, is the best drummer that Kiss ever had. So you know that Kiss, you know, they pretty much, they have the makeup. They have the different personalities. Gene is the demon. You know, Paul is, is, is uh, Starchild. Ace is Space Ace. Peter Chris was the cat. They kind of wanted Eric to be the cat, but Eric was like, no, 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 no. Completely different person. Peter's gone. Eric is here. I am the fox. He pretty much designed his own makeup. He designed his own personality. And he really integrated himself into the group. I do kind of think it's unfortunate that after he passed away, and this is years after, not right after. But years after he, he passed away, I did see some kind of interviews with Paul and Gene. And they kind of trashed him a bit. And I think a lot of it was the fact that, yeah, he didn't necessarily come in and kind of just do what Paul and Gene said. He actually wanted to be part of the band. He wanted to contribute. He wasn't just going to say, you know, yes, Paul and Gene, whatever you say, I'll do. He really added his own personality to it. And I think that really kind of sucks that Paul and Gene really, you know, years later went back and kind of trashed him. This is really another reason why I do not like Kiss at all. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the uh, the genius of Eric Carr. So like I said, heavy hitter, loud player, fast-paced, passionate. If you really want to hear what Eric Carr can do, there's a lot of videos that you can look up online. You could see his drum solos that he would do in concerts. It's amazing. But play, I love it loud. Again, much like Breed for Dave Grohl, 
I Love It Loud is really, to me, kind of the signature Eric Carr drumming. I mean, he starts it off with an incredible drum beat, and you could hear that drum pounding all the way through the song. That is classic Eric Carr. So coming in at number three is a guy that I would consider to be the godfather of punk drumming. Now, a lot of people might say, come on, it's punk music. You know, how much how much talent do you need? How much skill is there? There's actually a lot. And much like Ringo Starr is kind of like the innovator, the guy that a lot of people looked at, and I'm pretty sure this guy looked at too for inspiration. The man I'm about to talk about inspired probably legions and legions of punk drummers just with his unique style pretty much not so much his drumming style. I mean, well, yeah, his drumming style, but also the way he influenced the band that he was a member of. I am talking, of course, about the original Ramones drummer, Tommy Ramone. wasn't for Tommy Ramone getting behind that drum kit, um, would we have heard of the Ramones? I don't know. I mean, it, it was his drumming. It was his kind of frantic, fast-paced drumming that really helped establish the fast and frantic pace of the Ramones. Much like I said, you know, look, the Beatles had a really big influence on music. Uh, I talked about Kiss before and kind of like love them or hate them. They have had an influence on music. The Ramones have most definitely had an influence on music, especially punk music. And, you know, a lot of punk bands will look towards the Ramones for their inspiration. I mean, the fact that their songs really never went beyond two minutes. It was fast. It was frantic. They had different beats. They mixed things up all the time. And a big part of that is due to Tommy Ramone. The really interesting about interesting thing about Tommy is the fact that, you know, growing up, he actually learned how to play the guitar. Uh, in the 60s, he was a part of a few different bands. You know, he met um, he met Dee Dee. He met Joey. Uh, they were forming the Ramones. Tommy was actually supposed to be their manager and producer. But the thing is, is Joey, Joey Ramone, you know, world famous lead singer of the Ramones. He was originally the drummer. But the thing is, is he was having a hard time keeping the tempo for these fast paced songs. So that they actually asked Tommy if he wouldn't mind sitting in. This is a guy who never played drums before in his life, sits down. And the magic was created. You know, and Tommy really was only their drummer for their first three uh, studio albums and their one live album. You know, he then stepped aside. He stayed on as their producer. You know, Marky Ramone stepped in and he did a phenomenal job. You know, Marky could do the same things that Tommy did. Um, and of course, they recorded many albums after that. You know, Marky was pretty much their drummer for pretty much a good portion of the run of the band. But if it wasn't for Tommy, I don't know if the Ramones would have been who they were and they would have gone to the heights that they did. So to me, Tommy Ramone, godfather of punk drumming. Okay, so I have two spots left. So coming in at number two, and this guy isn't really, you know, the number two drummer overall in this list. The reason that I'm going to talk about this next drummer is the fact that I hear from a lot of people, especially people in my age group, is that Music is dead. Nobody writes music anymore. There are no musicians out there. Everything is, you know, hip hop. It's produced. It's auto-tuned. It's this. It's that. There's no musicians. There's no bands anymore. And that's just absolutely not true. And this guy coming in at number two proves that there are still really, really good drummers out there. His name is Max Mordano, and he was the former drummer for The Regrets. He's currently the drummer for the band Lily. 
And, you know, he is proof that, you know, there are still great drummers out there. like I said, Max was the, he was the drummer for the band, The Regrets up until 2018, uh, where he just decided, you know, to mutually, you know, leave the band. Uh, he left on good terms, but the thing is, is he really put in his time with this group, which was kind of like a Southern California, or I should say they still are a Southern California punk group. Um, they have a lot of different sounds to them. You hear some punk, you hear some, you know, garage band type music. You hear a lot of like doo-wop and, like surfer rock kind of things. And that calls for a really unique style of drumming. One of the things that's really, really interesting about Max is, you know, unlike a lot of other guys on this list, except for maybe Ringo, he's got a very, very simple drum kit. I mean, it's pretty basic when you look at it compared to some of the monster drum kits of say like an Eric Carr or Dave Grohl or the guy who's going to be coming in at number one, but he really does a lot of magic on that. I would say go out and really just kind of look at any regret song. Um, hey Now is probably a really good one to get started with, where you really hear his fast pace and frantic drumming. And you see he's sitting behind a very, very simple drum set, and he does a really, really good job of it. And again, like I said, Max is really proof that there are young musicians out there making great music, and we should definitely check them out. Alrighty, coming in at number one, I don't think there's a big surprise here. To me, I'm putting this guy at number one because I feel that he is the best drummer there is and ever was, and that's Neil Peart of Rush. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. Now, I know a lot of people might say, well, what about John Bonham? And like I said, when I look back on lists, top 10 lists, top 5 lists, top 20 lists, it didn't matter. Neil Pert and John Bonham would always be ranked one or two, one ahead of the other. And again, I think it's just really a subjective, you know, it's it's whoever the reviewer, whatever their opinion was, if they lean towards Neil, if they lean towards John, both excellent drummers. But for me, Neil Pert is probably the best drummer that ever lived. I mean, let's start with the fact, like, let's look at Rush as a whole. Rush is a band that they wanted to be technically proficient in everything that they did. You know, Alex on guitar, Getty on bass and vocals, uh, also playing keyboards and Neil on drums. These guys, they were perfectionists. They wanted to do everything the best. And Neil most definitely did that. Um, where some drummers, you know, on concerts do drum solos and things like that. Neil did them, but they weren't spontaneous. You know, he crafted them. He wrote them. He wanted them to be perfect. And he would do it the same way every single time. He knew. He knew that he was an influence on a lot of drummers out there. So during their concerts, they would actually install an overhead cam over Neil and they would do take footage of it so that drummers could watch and see what he did. 
he had a massive drum kit. It was actually two drum kits that he was really sort of encased in. Like he had an A set and a B set. And depending on the sound that he wanted, they would actually revolve the drum kit around to either the A or the B so he could play any way that he wanted. Um, he was always, always learning. Um, I think they said it was in the early 2000s that he kind of scrapped everything that he ever knew and went back to basics. He hired a drum coach. He learned things all over again. He learned new techniques. He was always looking to improve. He wanted to deliver an experience for Rush fans. And I think this is why, again, Rush is one of those bands. You love them, you hate them. But if you love them, there's a reason that you love them. These three guys wanted to make sure that whatever you heard on the album, you would hear live on stage. So however Neil played in the studio was exactly as how he played it um, on stage. You know, he really wanted to deliver that experience to the fans and, and the band as a whole wanted to do that. I mean, he was very, like I said, he was very, very dedicated to what he was doing. And I mean, just go on YouTube just enter in Neil Peart and just watch this guy play and there's no way you could tell me that this guy isn't the greatest drummer that ever lived. Guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor, head on over to Instagram. Stuff you don't need to know is there. I post pictures about the content that I talk about. Know-it-alls. I'll talk to you later. Tell you remember when you were